Hey campers, Maddie here, here to tell you about the new listener survey that just launched. There's also a prize component, which I'll go through at the end of this plug. Shay and I launched the listener survey for a variety of reasons, one of which is that we want to give you guys the opportunity to provide anonymous feedback on the show so that we can make it that much better and so that you come back week after week. We are also exploring new monetization opportunities like potentially approaching advertisers, and we want to know, you know, who's listening, what types of people, what are you interested in, things like this. So we are collecting just basic demographic information, you know, to make the podcast better and to have a sense of who we're talking to every week. You can find the survey all over our social media. It's all over those links and bios. We've been posting about it. You can also DM us or send us an email, hello at campadulthood.com, and we'll send you the link right to your inbox. Super easy. You don't even have to search for it. It's also in a link in the show notes to this episode, so you can open that up on whatever platform you're listening to this on right now. And again, it's super easy, two to three minutes. We really appreciate it. It's a great free way to support the podcast and again, to give us the opportunity to provide you the content that you really crave and to take your feedback into account. As a thank you for participating, we are having a raffle. Very exciting. Like I said, the uh, survey is completely anonymous. So if you want to remain anonymous, totally fine. We love the feedback just the same. But if you do want to be uh, put in for the raffle, which the prize is a free t-shirt, very exciting, Camp Adulthood swags, there's an opportunity to put your email in at the end of the survey. We are only collecting this email so that we can contact you in the event that you win the raffle. We are not going to send you emails or spam you or sell your email or anything crazy. Um, again, it's just a thank you and just an incentive to take the survey, which we really appreciate. We are getting new merch soon, so look out for that. Um, And the swag as the prize will be a t-shirt, the new t-shirt, new and improved, new logo and everything. So even if you have our old merch, you definitely want to give yourself the opportunity to potentially win this new t-shirt as well. So again, thank you guys. Um, It really means a lot to Shay and I that you keep coming back listening week after week. It really means the world. And we appreciate you guys taking the survey. Thanks, campers. C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D, Camp Adulthood. Bridging the millennial divide, one conversation at a time. Interviewing guests, strangers and friends we hope that you enjoy your stay at camp adulthood welcome to camp adulthood and the resident youth i'm camp adulthood shay keats and i'm the resident youth maddie yergi and we have no guests today we have no guests it is a shay and maddie friendship podcast extravaganza i love it I don't know why it's an extravaganza, but it is. No, I love it. We had um, the the mini-sode with Corey and I, which you haven't listened to, but it was... I'm very excited to listen to it. Very fun and exciting. And now we have this one, and mm-hmm. it's everyone's favorite. It's everyone's favorite. I agree. Um, Shay, do you have a millennial moment of the week? You know, at first I was really stumped, but then I realized I did something yesterday that was like really quintessentially millennial. Mm. So a new friend of mine, Tori. um, So I've been trying to do some more like meal planning and stuff like that, just because I really get in this bad habit of like, 
both not having proper groceries in the house and also not planning ahead what I'm going to eat, especially for lunch. So we eat this a lot of like... This why you augment with the meal kit. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Well, wait till you hear this oh, <laughs> amazing thing I discovered. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I eat a lot of cheese sandwiches and it's just like, oh, it's not great. This is giving me PTSD scene. flashbacks to senior year of college when I used to live with you. And I'd be like, you want a cheese sandwich? A cold cheese sandwich? I just remember when you made me a grilled cheese when I was so sad during recruitment. It when I was I was the president of the chapter and I was like, I'm actually going to die. This is the worst day of my life. And Shay was like, eat this cheese sandwich. Cheese sandwiches do fix most ills unless yeah. you have them every day. Then they start causing ills. True. Um, so anyways, no more cheese sandwiches for Shay. Yeah. So my friend, new friend, Kappa friend Tori was telling me about um, this place called Fit Foods. And basically, I mean, I was like, how freaking smart is they've put together this whole thing that it's like meal planning and meal prep, pre-meal prep for people who don't actually want to do it. And it's based on all this like science and shit, but I don't really care about that, like counting macros or whatever. (laughs) Um, But basically they have like breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and they're all like you know, properly proportioned and healthy and organic and nonsense. And they're like $8 and they give discounts out willy nilly. So instead of like doing my own meal prep, which I usually do with uh, former guests of the pod and my cousin Kristen, I went there on Sunday, I paid 65 American dollars and I got 10 meals. That sounds awesome. And I was like, it's so awesome. And David and I have been testing them out and they're so delicious like they're very tasty well seasoned uh well prepared and I just felt like not only am I being so millennial that I'm meal planning I'm being so millennially millennial and lazy that I'm outsourcing it to someone else so and then I went to Trader Joe's afterwards to buy snacks love Trader Joe's um that's great yeah no I mean the prepared foods and the whole like either the you make it yourself or it comes prepackaged sort of meal kit thing is truly very millennial, as I know from staring at this all day. I did a competitor analysis today, so I've oh. been looking at them. But the the place that you are talking about, that's like a local Portland place, right? Like, yeah, it's they. I guess they have like three locations in Portland and one in Denver, so they're they're relatively local and small. But what I have to say is like. It's actually very unique. Like, I've never seen something that was, like, this affordable, this well-organized, this delicious, and the staff were, like, you – because I remember, like, I kind of feel like this in New York when I go into, like, a juice bar or um, some of those places that made, like, weird vegan food for pickup. Like, it always feel very, like, judgy and – I I don't know. It was kind of yeah, like I I can see I that for sure. To it, yeah. But this people they were just like so nice. They like come up to you and they're like smiling and they're like, "What are your goals today?" And I was like, "Oh, my goals today are to not eat a cheese sandwich." And they were like, <laughs> "Wonderful. Let's show you our options." And I was like, "Oh, great." Yeah. Well, and then the guy takes gave off twenty like percent off. I was like, "Yeah, that's so, awesome." I just I really I was impressed with them as a millennial and as a small business owner myself. So way to go Fit Foods. Yeah, that's great. Um, My millennial moment is um, so I watched SNL, which I do. Okay, this is my thing. Every Sunday I get up around 11 a.m. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a morning person. And I usually have Corey fetch me some breakfast. Excellent. 
And once the breakfast is fetched around noon, we watch Saturday Night Live from the night Perfect. before. I it's love great. It. It's a great Sunday. Yeah. Um, and this past week, there was this band that was the musical guest, Greta Van Fleet. Have you heard of them? They sound vaguely familiar, but also make me think of foxes, and I don't know why. Fleet Foxes is also a band. Oh, is that a band? Which maybe okay. you're thinking. It is maybe. not Fleet Foxes. It is Greta Van Fleet. I just like foxes. Um, no, so I didn't. I didn't. I had not heard of them, and the name Greta Van Fleet. You think it's going to be a solo artist that's a woman, right? Like yeah, first name Greta. Miss Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. So I was like, okay, don't know anything about it. If if you just Google what this band looks like, it's it's a band full of men that oh. all look like women. <laughs> and so for the first five seconds of the performance, I was like, oh, it's a band of women because they all have very long hair. <laughs> and the lead singer sounds like the lead singer of Led Zeppelin, who has a very high-pitched voice. So I was like, oh, a nice womanly band. No, it's all dudes. But then... Once I found that out in my mind, then I switched into my feelings on sort of like sexually ambiguous men, which is like my type for sure. Mm. Like Borns. Yeah, that is your, you know, this is kind of like, this is like Maddie hot sauce, right? If you're like tall, gangly, long hair from the side, Mm. look like a woman, you wear sparkly blazers, like gonna be into it. Are these people related? Yes. So it's three brothers okay. and then one rando. <laughs> so I was like, if these three are not brothers, then yes. something weird is you going on. You can tell which one's the rando. <laughs> yes. From a simple The Google. rando also looks vaguely like maybe Native American. I think so. I think there might be a little bit of cultural appropriation happening with this band. Oh. Uh, because ooh, another... Yes. Like, they, they do a lot of, like, the Indian sort of, like, feathers and, like, the headdresses mm-hmm. and stuff, which I'm, Shay is currently Googling for our yeah, listeners. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, like, um, scrolling through and I'm, I, I can't. It's yeah, awful. yeah, And so, they're, but they're from Frankenmuth, Michigan, which. Of course I don't, they are. I don't know if you know anything about Frankenmuth, but it's, it's a, it's a town that's surrounded by Christmas. So the only time growing up or people that live in Michigan are like, oh my God, Frankenmuth, they have a 365 day a year Christmas spectacular store and you can go to the Frankenmuth Inn and get a roast chicken and apparently it's very great. My grandparents go there a lot. I want to do this. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's very fun and you can get like all the like senior centers and stuff in like the metro Detroit area. It's, It's like two hours away from where I grew up. And it's like north and it's, you know, it's like a vacation sort of like destination type place. But it's like you only go there to eat the roast chicken or to buy Christmas supplies. That's the only thing about it. And so I like I'm listening to this band. They're not women. I find out they're men. I'm like, oh, my God, you have to listen to them because they have a very unique sound. But I was like, now I have to Google everything about them. And then I find out they're from Michigan. I was like, oh, it's meant to be. And Long story short, I'm obsessed with their music. The Indian headdress thing I could do without, but yeah. would bone three out of the four members. Again, we Whoa. can we know which one I would not. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I would all bone three all four. Brothers? Yeah, totally. They all look the same. They all have like the long hair. It's true. They all look like the Almond Brothers. That's like my type. I know. It's you true. know. Well, not the Almond Brothers now. The Almond Brothers circa 1969. 
Yeah. Now, how does Corey feel about your love of sexually ambiguous, long-haired, skinny I don't know. He's probably men? listening to... I don't even know if he's listening to this. Mm. He hasn't yelled or anything. Um, he's cooking mm. dinner right now, so he's very focused. Um, Excellent band. I think it's fine. I think he would just be like, I roll, you're ridiculous. But even like yeah. John Mayer is kind of like, as he's aged, I feel like he's age he's aging in the same way that rod stewart is aging meaning mm-hmm. as he's getting older he looks more and more like a woman steven tyler has also gone through this i can yeah. write a master's thesis on this topic um i love it you should but like john mayer now wears like flowy pants and like cardigans and he wears a lot of jewelry and like yeah his hair is pretty long so i'm like this is this is it. This is what I'm into. I mm-hmm. feel like it's more of like a fantasy. I did give Borens my phone number one time, but he never called me. So I think that was my one attempt. Mm-hmm. Alas. So. Alas. Now I, I live firmly in the present with young That's Corey. That's good. Yeah. That's wonderful. But anyways, like Greta Van Fleet would recommend. Their songs are great. They sound like Led Zeppelin if you're into Led Zeppelin. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's my millennial moment. Do you have a hot topic for us, Shay? <sighs> Is that a no? No. I, I, I have one. Um, wait. Anything from the news? Or I feel like you're, I'm trying I'm to explaining. think if I'm even. Um, no, I have nothing. I have nothing. I'm coming up blank today. That's fine. Um, oh, wait. I do have oh, one. Okay. Um, David and I saw that movie Vice on oh. Sunday. Yes. Corey and... and I saw it on Christmas Eve. Oh, how excellent. Now we can actually talk about it. And first of all, I thought seeing Christian Bale as Dick Cheney was going to be very traumatizing. It was less traumatizing than I thought. Um, Because he's such a good actor. He immerses you in the part. Such a good actor. I mean, he actually made me like the scene where Dick Cheney, like right before he gets his heart transplant and his daughters are like. We should say what Vice is about for people that don't know. It's about Dick Cheney and his life story. Yes. Yeah, and his rise to power, as some may put it. Um, but it was just well done all the way around. I had many emotions. I thought it was very well acted. Um, I learned many things. Um, it was funny. Uh, the funniest parts were every time he had a heart attack, honestly. So terrible. So and sad. I liked the Sam Rockwell as the George W. Bush character. Okay, here's my other question, because I meant to Google this when I returned, and then I forgot, so I'm going to Google it now. Sam Rockwell, who is he exactly? He is that guy. Okay, now he I He was in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri last year. Have not seen it. It's a good movie. Would recommend. Yes. Um... Yeah, no, I liked it. It's definitely not my favorite Adam McKay movie. I thought The Big Short was Mm -hmm. much better, but for what it was, I did think it was funny. Like, it definitely had light moments, darker moments. Um, I wish they had done, like, I wish they had done more with the other, like, side characters. Like, they focused Mm -hmm. a lot on, like, like, the daughters. Yeah. Yeah, especially the daughters, because now Liz Cheney is following in her father's footsteps, and she's a representative mm-hmm. from Wyoming. So, mm-hmm. like, who knows? Um, I thought that was the most interesting part about his life, that, like, I knew he had a gay daughter, but I didn't know, like, to the extent, like, what their relationship was. And obviously, it's, yeah. like, a dramatized movie, so, like, who knows? But, like, that whole thing I thought was interesting. Um, but I-, I wish they had focused on the other side characters besides 
Donald Donald Rumsfeld and mm-hmm. George W. Bush. Like I agree. There was a lot of other like Condoleezza Rice was in the mix. Like there was a lot of like Colin Powell. Yeah, like they were kind of reduced to like very small bit parts. And mm-hmm. I wish that that Agreed. I wish it had bo- been more of like a uh, an ensemble piece as opposed to just Christian Bale in a fat suit. For I, was as, he like, in a fat suit though? I think he actually gained that weight. I think he did too, actually. But I, I think he had some prosthetics in his face just to get, cause like some people when yeah. they gain weight, you know, like not everyone gains weight in the same area. So I think they had some yeah. like to make padding. it look like him. Yeah, yeah. Because in his Golden Globe acceptance speech, I think he thanked the uh, like makeup artists and stuff that kind of like oh. put the finishing touches. But he did gain forty pounds for sure. He's gonna die any day now. Oh, for sure. Like, so unhealthy. Also, every time Christian Bale is at an award show, I forget that he's British. He opens his mouth, and I'm like, whoa. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he's made his whole career in American movies. Like, when was the last time Christian Bale was in a movie where he had his real voice? Like, I can't even think of one. Yeah. So yeah, crazy. No. But yeah, it was Never. very good. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to be sad when he just, like, drops dead because of all of the... I mean, he's only 44. I know, and his wife is so cute, and she's, like, a normal... She's, like, a normie. She's not, like, an oh. actress or anything. I love that when they... It gives hope to the rest of us. At least I hope so. Oh, wait. I just see this interesting article in the Daily Mail. (laughs) Oh, love the Daily Mail. Where Christian Bale... I know, it's so trashy and yet so actually good. Um, Christian Bale, 44, says his mortality is staring him in the face after Vice's stars extreme yo-yo dieting for film roles. Yeah, sorry. You can't eat pasta for 100 meals in a row and expect to live to be 100. Like, that's not what happens. He says it's over. Uh, it's not fair to his wife. Yeah, because she has to have sex with your fat Dick Cheney body. It's true. That's not fair. Yeah. Exactly. And then he says he also revealed he felt like a, I think, twat when <laughs> so they British. had it like, bleeped out. When Gary Oldman told him he hadn't gained any weight to play Winston Churchill in biopic The Darkest Hour, which won him the Oscar, best Oscar for best actor last year. Um but then he realized that he... Oh, this is such an interesting article. Oh, we'll post huh. it. Send it to me. I will. We'll I'll send it to you. Send it right sure. now. Um, yeah. All right. That's a anyway. great hot topic. Um, yeah, thank you. My, I always pull it out at the last minute. I love it. Um, mine is an article from BuzzFeed. Um, and Excellent. it's it's entitled... I don't have it pulled up, but I, I read it a few days ago. It's, it's about Lindsay Lohan, who... A millennial icon, truly. A millennial something. Something. But it's called something like What Happened to Lindsay Lohan. And mm-hmm. it it, ta- it it touches on some millennial themes because I think the interesting thing about Lindsay Lohan is that she she's 31. So she's kind of more on the ancient millennial side. Yeah. But her fan base who grew up with her are people that are like my age or maybe okay. a, a little bit older. Like Mean mm-hmm. Girls came out in 2003. So like people her age and younger probably really resonated with that movie um and some of her other movies like freaky friday and stuff like that um so and she obviously like had a bunch of breakdowns and so the article kind of like goes through like her whole sort of like arc to fame and then talks about what she's doing now she owns she's kind of trying like the lisa vanderpump thing where she like owns Mm. a bar like a club in mykonos greece how nice. She, she has a new show, which I haven't watched, on MTV called Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club, where she it kind of goes through, like, the people 
in the club and this is her Mm -hmm. like way to get back in the good graces but she is insane if you google what she's been doing recently like she tried to kidnap a child did happen um what she sometimes talks with a british accent a la madonna Madonna. like she's she's definitely gone the full like i'm just gonna not do the american thing anymore and i'm just gonna go to europe and try to be like Mm. an international woman of leisure which i appreciate but the article kind of broke down like why her film career resonated so much with millennial women and why she is poised for a comeback because people she was such a wholesome person back in the day Mm -hmm. in the early aughts let's say um and people kind of hold those memories dear and are hoping that she will kind of rise to the occasion yeah so the problem with poor Lindsay Lohan is that she has ruined her face. I know. And she has red hair and she has a lot of freckles. So like her skin, like she's been trying to combat the wrinkles. Cause like, you know, people with pale skin and redheads in particular wrinkle yeah. faster than most people. And she has a lot of plastic surgery, but yeah, it's just not, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. Um, Cause she was so cute. Excellent. I know she was so cute. So cute. Such good topics. Um, Shall we move into our our questions? I have them up here. Yes, we should. Our practice tent. Here we go. The practice tent. So for our new listeners. Oh, you were going to say something. Should we announce to our listeners and to Maddie um, (laughs) that (laughs) I think we should have a contest. No, I texted you about this. To name the interview portion when we do have guests. So we're having a contest. The winner will win something most likely camp adulthood swag Many swags. Um, maybe a gift card to a fine establishment like the starbucks or panera bread or panera bread maybe you can choose um you need to suggest a camping themed activity that we can call our interview portions with guests for example we have um our millennial moments which also don't have a <laughs> term so if you can yeah. think of one for that you get a big prize yeah we have our campfire which is our hot topics our practice tent which is our when maddie and i interview each other we have the archery range at the end of the episode with our guests so uh yeah we're looking for something for both millennial moments and uh the interview portion so go forth listeners and uh i don't know tweet at yeah, maddie send us an email it. Well, you can, this is, we, we should probably talk, say our social media at the beginning. We never do that. Um, I know. Our social media, Twitter and Instagram, you can comment or DM at camp underscore adulthood. You can also email us at hello at camp adulthood.com. Excellent. Yay. Excellent. All right. Moving on. Okay. So for those of you that are, are new to these episodes or haven't listened to a solo episode with Shay and with just Shay and I in a while, um, we had started this activity, which was Shay's suggestion, and I really liked it. We were, we did um, so a different set of questions that we have since finished. You can go back and listen to that. But we just thought to kind of, you know, for our listeners to get to know us and to learn what the millennial psyche is all about and to give you guys some interesting questions that you can talk to your own peeps in your life about. Um, we thought doing these like conversation questions. So the new set that we're on is from Alexandra Franzen, which I did a deep dive on her website the other day and it's full of tons of fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I signed up for her email 
listserv, which I'm very sad she broke up with her husband. I don't know if you saw that email. I did. I got that email, but I haven't been following her enough to know like the full story of her husband, but apparently it must have been some kind of like epic love story because people that have been following her are just like in a complete a Twitter over the sad, sad breakup. Well, I know they they started like a restaurant together and he was really Mm -hmm. integral. Like a lot of her articles and stuff like talk about him and the newsletter that she put out this week was very like, I'm not ready to talk about the details. So I wonder if it was like something salacious that like blew up. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, she has this thing on her website that's called 100 Questions to Spark Conversation and Connection. So we've done a couple in the last episode and the question we are on now is called, Are You Afraid of Flying in Airplanes? How come? Hmm. Um, I will start by saying I am not afraid of flying in airplanes. However, I have had several flights that were a little bit terrifying. But overall, just a lot of like turbulence and like, oh, we're going to crash. (laughs) Some turbulence and then, um, uh, when I was on, uh, when I was working as a nanny, I went accompanied the family um, on a trip to St. Bart's, which sounds very glamorous. <laughs> Wasn't as glamorous as one would think. Not that we weren't staying in a lovely place and eating beautiful meals, but there were many mosquitoes. And it was very hot and sweaty. And to go to St. Bart's, the plane basically has to land between two very craggy, very tall mountains. And it kind of like, takes off from wherever we you're like in St. Croix or wherever and it like takes off and then it comes down almost immediately into St. Bart's and it just like dive bombs onto the very short runway. (laughs) Um, I also had a similar experience when I went to Kingston, Jamaica and I'm just like the Caribbean does not know how to do an airport at all. So it's great. Yeah. yeah, No, I'm not in particular, like particularly afraid of flying either. Um, Like, I have had similar experiences, and I feel like as I've gotten older, like, I remember when I was a kid, I was like, eh, like, I would just fall asleep, and now as I've gotten older, like, my ability to fall asleep on planes has gone down, so therefore I'm, like, experiencing it more, but yeah, overall, I'm pretty fine. I Um, like flying. This is an interesting one. More deep. Are you living your life's purpose or still searching? I mean, I have, like, a whole philosophy on this. Oh. Well, if you want to share, I think I, um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like I'm not currently. I'll say that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I guess in like the metaphysical sense of like whatever you're doing on the earth is like meaningful and is purposeful. But like there's a lot of goals and stuff that I have for myself that I feel like I can't accomplish till I'm older. And I feel like the overall like purpose of my life is like what people are going to talk about when I'm Mm. dead and I feel like maybe what I'm doing now I just feel like I'm too young for it to be like the purpose of my life what is your philosophy I think that makes sense I mean I guess I was going to say and no offense to uh Ms. Franzen but like I think this question is kind of bullshit because I think we're not first of all I don't think our lives have just one purpose and I and I think that yeah, not only do they not only have just one purpose, the purposes, your life's purpose changes, it fluctuates, it's multifaceted. So I feel like it's just a little bit of a problematic question. And it's very it's a little like, one dimensional, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And I just, you know, there are certainly areas of my life where I mean, I'm really trying to be this year in particular, very 
mindful and thoughtful and living life towards this grand purpose. But I feel like what that grand purpose is, is maybe not something that I even ever get to be the person that sticks the language on it, you know, that defines it. So yeah. All right, Maddie, shall I ask the next one to you? Sure. Are you, you have the list in front of you. I have it up. Okay. Are you useful in a crisis? I feel like I am. And I feel like you are too. I feel like we're. Both I was going to say you're having a crisis. My phone number is no. I mean, She's like, I do not need any more crisis clients. Yeah, um, lies. Um, um, no, I feel like crisis. Yeah, I was going to say I feel like you're particularly good. I'm, I'm pretty good. Shay has helped me through many a crisis before. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like this is true. Like, I feel like I'm very good in a crisis. Yeah. Um, okay, my turn to ask it. Can you tell when someone's lying? I I feel like I I would have said yes to this, but like as an anecdotal example, I had a friend who recently, without giving away too many specifics, like told me a story. Like I had been hanging out with like her and like a group of friends all together and like I didn't think anything of it and apparently her and like one of my other friends were like sleeping together and I had no idea and she was like oh I thought you could tell immediately and I was like no I literally had no idea that this was even on the radar like totally over my head so after that experience I've been like questioning everything that I perceive about other people (laughs) oh no so well mm. I mean I think that's interesting too it's like perception versus like reality right lying yeah yeah so I don't know I feel like I I feel like I haven't been lied to enough to really make an yeah. assessment of this you I feel know like we can also couple the next question in with this one because the next question is can you tell when someone is telling the truth which is kind of the flip mm-hmm. side of the previous question yeah which like eh, like kind of I mean I don't know I feel like I'm I'm pretty self-aware enough to be able mm-hmm. to pick up on it with other people but at the same time like I've had enough instances in my life where people are like oh well like what you thought was happening there was actually like not the case um that I'm like maybe I'm not as good as it as I thought and I say this too and then I I have to say that I am also like a bit gullible and I (laughs) hate that about myself so as much as I'm like yes I can tell and no one ever lies to me and everyone is truthful I'm like well but I also and I can't think of anything super recently but um I definitely have fallen for a joke or two yeah and that's why i hate april fool's day with a (laughs) high high passion you should not say that publicly because now people are gonna fool you no because on april fool's day i i are you gonna lock yourself in your office i do like i feel like i just i make a plan to not really go anywhere to not really interact with anyone to not really go on the internet i kind of just like watch tv and read books and do things offline that's fair i like that Mm -hmm. Do you want to ask the next question? I do. Uh, Madeline, do you believe in magic and when have you felt it? So this is going to go back to a campfire slash hot topic that Mm. we had like a couple months ago about Damien Eccles' book, High Magic, my favorite book of all time. I need Um, to read it. It's very good. It's on Amazon. Um, And he talks about a very specific type of magic with a K to differentiate from like pulling a rabbit out of a hat type magic with a C. Um, And he talks about um, this sort of like Western uh, meditation technique that's different from Eastern sort of Buddhism or different Mm -hmm. um, Eastern meditation techniques. And 
there is this old group from the 1800s that like Bram Stoker was a part of called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, which Ooh. if you want a uh, deep internet dive into like some stuff, it's fun to look at. It's like a, a group of guys in London um, and a few ladies who got together in the 1800s and they were like, what aspects of religion? We want to take all of the practical applications of religion and see which ones get the best results. So take out all the ideology, all the kind of stories associated with them. And they're like, what is the ritualistic aspect? Like, does going to church mm-hmm. make a difference in people's lives? Like actually communing together? Is there a meditation technique? And they did all this stuff and they came up with, they were like, this is the best technique for achieving sort of happiness and fulfillment and being able to change the world around you. And they called it high magic because if you do it, and this is where it gets a little, a little woo woo. They're like, if you do it, then you can, it gets a little bit into like what the secret is trying to tell where they're like, if you do it enough, you can like change the energy around yourself and therefore you Mm. can like change your life. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm on like step one, but I'm doing it. Um, But it's a lot of like life's purpose. Yeah. It's a lot of just like meditation and like, um, like harness like f- I, th- I think what it is on like a psychological level is just being being opening yourself up to what energy you're taking in and mm-hmm. what energy you're putting out whether that's negative or positive which mm-hmm. there is a scientific basis to that so that's a long way of saying yes I do believe in magic because I do believe the the energy that you project has some implication in what you receive back and you can change yeah. you have more um, say over your life that maybe people think and over how people interact with you. And I think that that can be magical. Do I believe that you can like poof into thin air? Like, no. Do I believe that like, have I seen like magical things? Yes. Like life is magical. I don't know. But I feel like that particular yeah. like high magic, it's called that for a reason because it's like at a certain point, like Damien Eccles claims that he can like harness energy and give it to someone and like energy mm-hmm. transfer it to people And that is like a form of magic, like being able to like harness the energy around you and like give it to someone and be like, I'm going to give you the energy to run a marathon and then you will have the energy to run a marathon that Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not as far along in my journey as he is, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I like I mean, I have to say I agree with you, Maddie, I think, especially in in the sense in that idea of energy and and what is surrounding us. I think we know so little and um, I think we would find for any, for that type of magic, I think we'll find that there is a eventually a very scientific basis for it, uh, which I love. I love science. Um, but yeah, I believe in magic. I think, like you said, life is magical and I think we've all experienced things and you know, I have similar answers for, do you believe in ghosts or mm-hmm. do you believe in this and such? It's like, yeah, if you want to hear Humans about that, listen like, to Chris and Christian's episode. Yeah, we talk that's a lot about a, that. Ooh, that was creeps me out. That conversation. <laughs> so, well, more of the stuff that happened off, not yeah. stuff, but the things we talked about off uh, mic. But uh, like, uh, you know, yes, I I just think that humans are so puny, and there are so many things in the universe that we can't even begin to understand, and um, that is why we believe in magic and religion and faith and and all of these things that and I do think that it's it's real and it's wonderful to live at a time where we have more and more tools uh to understand some of these things so yeah I agree yeah 
And also, I watched that. Um, we talked about the show with that uh, magician, the death magic one. And man, he might be doing real magic. Yeah. There's some stuff. And it's also like Damien Eccles has like a compelling story where like he claims, and I would recommend if you're going to read High Magic, you should read his two other books first because he doesn't, like, I think you can't understand the magic aspect of his life before you understand his, what he was doing in prison and his relationship with his wife. So it's, it's a lot. I've gone on the deep dive, but like he, he claims literally that he was like, if I had not channeled positive thoughts and positive energy into my life and I wasn't practicing magic he would have died in jail like Arkansas not only would he have physically died like his body and mind was deteriorating but he wouldn't have gotten out of jail like he wouldn't have had the willpower to even like step into the courtroom and give his Alfred plea and stuff like that so like that is very interesting and it's very it mirrors eastern traditions of Buddhism but in Mm -hmm. a way and he talks about it in the book. This is the last thing I'll say about it because it's probably boring for a lot of people. But he oh, talks about like he he had he was um, ordained in the Renzai tradition of um, Buddhism, Eastern Buddhism. And that was like his wedding ceremony when he was in prison was a Buddhist ceremony. And he always felt like there was something missing. And he was like, I'm, do- I'm meditating eight hours a day, which like to me is like unfathomable. But that's what he was doing yeah. in prison. And he was like, I was meditating eight hours a day, but I wasn't seeing the results. Like I would talk to my Buddhist teacher and they would be like, these are the things that I'm feeling after practicing for this long, as long as you have. And he was like, I just wasn't feeling it. And he was like, I needed a tradition that was made, for lack of a better word, by white men that knew kind of the place that I was coming from. Like I'm not from the places that Buddhism was made and Mm -hmm. I don't have that cultural sort of leaning he's like my religious upbringing was Christian so like high magic has a lot of invoking of like angels and things like that it's based in sort of a more western worldview Mm -hmm. um and he was like that resonated a lot more with me but the actual sort of practicing of the meditation and of um the energy work is not that much different from buddhism or from other eastern meditation practices so I find it fascinating personally i agree i agree all right how many more should we do um ooh. let's do uh maybe three more is that cool okay perfect yeah, okay sounds good all right should i ask the next one you go yes okay. do you believe that everyone deserves forgiveness sure I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like sure with a question mark. Yeah. Like, eh. yeah. I don't know. I feel like it, like questions like this always go back to like, would you go back in time and kill baby Hitler? And does Hitler deserve yeah. forgiveness? And it's like, uh, maybe not. But like, that's a very extreme example. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, here's I the know. thing I think with forgiveness is like we always think about forgiveness as kind of, oh, God, I'm going to sound so woo woo. But we feel okay. like forgiveness is this thing that we bestow. Right. And it's this thing that we do for others. Like you deserve forgiveness or I need to give forgiveness or I need forgiveness from this person. But really, forgiveness is not something that you do for other people. It's something that you do for yourself. Yes. I was going to say the peace. exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah, Maddie, it's very. This is why we're best friends. I know. Yeah. This is why every one of these episodes, I'm sure people turn it off and they're like, wow, 
these girls. So annoying. Yeah. So full of themselves. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so um, I mean, it doesn't matter if they deserve it or not, really. Yeah, no, it's it's totally true. It's like, I, as soon as I said this question, I had the same thought. Like, it's like, when have you ever in your life, like, someone came to you and was like, I forgive you for something you did that it actually, like, impacted your life like I can't think of any time but like there's been a lot of times that I can think back to where like I had to consciously be like I forgive this person I'm gonna like just let whatever animosity I have with them be and that's more impact like that person probably doesn't even know even if I did tell them even if I was like I forgive you like we're cool now whatever language you want to use like they probably thought about it during that conversation and then never again after that like who cares Exactly. It's really interesting. Um, Former guest of the pod, Brianne, gave me a really powerful forgiveness practice. And it says when you're forgiving someone, you say, and I have it actually pinned up on my wall, which is why I'm looking over here at it. Um, But you say the following four things. And I think this really, again, shows that it's not about that other person. It's about your own peace because you say, I forgive you. I'm sorry. Thank you. I love you. So those are kind of like the four stages. And um, I don't know, it's I can't even really explain the shift that giving that 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 particular um, method of practicing forgiveness gave me but I would I recommend everyone try. I think Brianne, I mean, we can sing her praises now that she's not I mean, we sang her praises on her episode, but she I haven't worked with her as uh, one on one or like intensely as you have. But I'm on her. She sends like a daily email that's like words of encouragement. And her podcast is really great. So those are like two free ways that people can engage with her. But Mm -hmm. it seems like all of the work that she does, like the one on one coaching, I just think that she's like very inspiring and has a lot of good things to say. And I hope she writes her book soon. So I, I think it. she'll be it. I also got a little insight into a few other projects she's doing. So everybody watch out. Oh, it's going to be great. So excited. I'll tell Can't you later, Maddie. Amazing. So, um, awesome. Okay, two more. Um, me? I will ask Do you one. believe that people... Oh, sorry, you go. Oh, sorry. Do you believe go. that people deserve to be happy? Yes, sure. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> here's, here's my one caveat, though. I think people deserve to be happy, but a lot of people choose to be miserable. And in order to be happiness is something that you have to work for a little bit. You can't just like if you go through life and nothing ever happens to you that upsets your happiness, then like you're not living in the real world. You're clearly deranged. Yeah. Like (laughs) happiness is something like I love that every day I wake up and I have like a choice I make. Right. I can be happy or I can be miserable. And it is a lot easier to choose to be miserable it is so easy to do that and you know so happiness is a choice and happiness is um is a form of work and it's it's beautiful in that so yeah I agree I think like my one caveat with this uh question is like the word deserve like do people deserve to be happy it's like there's almost a sense of entitlement to that Mm -hmm. it's like are people entitled to be happy no, because I think going back to what you said, like, it, it takes work. Like, no one wakes up and does nothing. Like, if you were just born in the wilderness and someone just left you there, like, your life is going to be miserable. Yeah. You would have to work to make it happy. And I think, I mean, there's a lot of social psychologists and people like that that have made their life's work, like, thinking about, like, what is the the meaning of happiness? And there's a lot of correlation. Like, I've been reading this book, Sapiens. Have you heard of this one? I have heard of it. Yes. It's very good. 
I would highly recommend. And I, I really want to read the follow-up Homo Deus or Homo Deus or however you say it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm on like the last chapter, but <laughs> what? Just when you said Homo Deus, I... Well, because I was like, maybe it's like Homo Part 2. I haven't read that one. I've just seen the cover. I think it's Homo Deus. I think it is too. You're just very adorable. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Um, I'll be here all week. Um, yeah. the, but I'm on the last chapter, but basically Sapiens, it it goes through kind of a, a psychological and biological and cultural uh, evolution of humanity from the beginning to like the modern day. And then he has the follow-up book that is supposed to, I haven't read it yet, but it's supposed to be like what how humanity goes forward and what a world would look like if there was more than one homo species on the planet, which I'm very interested in. Um, mm-hmm. But he talks a lot about like when he talks about religion and the rise of religion, he's like, it all goes back to, the pursuit of happiness and the pursuit of fulfillment and those two things are intrinsically linked and it has to be a struggle for it to be worthwhile like i'm very much simplifying the argument but i've seen it yeah time and time again in a lot of like self-help books and social psychologists and i feel like he um i can't remember the guy's last name he's an israeli author that wrote sapiens but mm-hmm. um i thought he kind of succinctly in a very like digestible book talked about like this is the scientific biological reason why happiness is important this is the cultural, socio-political, religious aspect and why they come together. And there's a reason why your brain does not just like wake up happy and just like floods with dopamine and you're just like happy forever. Yeah. Because that would be the ideal, right? Like if humans evolved such that we could just be happy all the time and fulfilled and yeah. we would not have this existential angst. Think about how much work you could do. But there's yeah. a reason why it can't be like that. And some people choose to think that that's it's like that's the aspect that we don't know that's like god talking or whatever some Mm -hmm. people are like well it's because if you were just happy all the time like if you were just sipping margaritas on the beach like would you really be that productive human progress would come to a halt so like there is an evolutionary component to it it's very interesting but yeah i think i don't think that everyone deserves to be happy but i think it's something to work towards and if you Mm -hmm. are you want it to be part of your life then like yes you deserve it like no one should be like squashed down and like miserable you know agreed excellent all right the last last for today but not last in the practice tent is do you ever hunt for answers or omens in dreams honestly no because i never remember my dreams enough to like think about them the next i don't either i i think that's kind of where madness lies um (laughs) in the the dreams yeah i mean i i I mean, I think here's what I do with my dreams, though. If I find that, like, something's coming up for me a lot, it generally means that that's something that I'm not – I need to spend some time meditating on or thinking about in my day-to-day life. So if I notice that I've, like, I don't know, dreamed about um, – I don't know – like I can't, like let's say I've dreamed about the podcast for three nights in a row. That probably means that I need to spend some more time with the podcast, you know. Yeah. So I, like I try and like look at it like that, but like in an individual dream, I'm just it's it's just your brain kind of like processing yeah. nonsense. And the amount of dreams I have that are about me trying to like get to the airport on time or get to an appointment on time are just obscene. Which is so funny because I never I like. I'm not a person who generally runs late within reason, you know, so 
Yeah. I'm like, why I think... do I constantly have these dreams? Like, it's so bizarre. Yeah. I so think I it's think also like most dreams that I have are like whatever I was thinking about before I went to bed. So like, exactly. If I was reading a book. I'll dream about like whatever that book topic was or if I was like talking to Corey, if I was watching TV like that, I kind of noticed. But I'm like that. Yeah. Again, it's just like the meaningless noise in your head of your brain just trying to process your day. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, I've never like there was a class that I took in. I took a psychology class in high school and we had to keep like a dream journal. And Mm -hmm. mine was like the most like God awfully boring thing. And everyone else's were like they were having these dreams about like their, you know, like their divorced father who left them when they were two and they had a dream about when they were two and like their dad was going to come back and save them. And I'm like, I I don't know if I've just have like a charmed life or no, like I just can't remember them. But I, I mean, there is like biological reasons why you can and can't remember dreams. But like when I remember them, I just feel like they're not meaningful to my life. For yeah. The most part. No. Yeah. Um, great. Great uh, note. To awesome. End. Amazing. Great episode. Campers uh, have a wonderful week. Uh, We'll be here next Saturday. Yes. We'll be back. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yergi, resident youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield. And this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com and you can visit us at campadulthood.com please also find on our website there are links to our patreon page where you can be a subscriber and there are many cool prizes thanks campers we hope that you enjoy your stay at camp adulthood